Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the First Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're tuning in and listening wherever you are. Thank you for doing that, and I pray that uh, you'll be blessed today through the message. Uh, today we begin a new series in the book of Hebrews. Last week we uh, did an introduction. Today we'll be covering the first chapter of Hebrews. So let's read it together. Hebrews chapter 1. And the theme is the sun is superior to angels. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God say, you are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels worship him. I'm speaking of the angels, he said. He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, in the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are not all angels ministering spirits 
sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. May God give us understanding of his holy word this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be here. Thank you for the ones that are listening and watching. We ask for your wisdom, your guidance. May we be tuned in to be taught from your word. May we apply these things and get a true representation, a true vision of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the reasons why the writer, and we don't know who the writer was, wrote this letter to the Jewish Christians was because they were in danger of going back to following their cultural traditions and their religion, the Jewish religion. They were under tremendous pressure to give up on Christianity, to give up on Christ, to go back because of the tremendous persecution that they were going through once having received Jesus Christ as their personal savior. That's in the way of review. The theme, like I said, of this chapter, chapter one, is Jesus is superior. I should say far superior to the angels. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. The writer starts out by saying that God has spoken to mankind in the past through various prophets in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. But now in these last days, we're living in the last days. We've been living in the last days since Jesus ascended up to heaven. And we're getting closer and closer to his return at any time. And we're going to be taken out at the resurrection, otherwise known as the rapture. We're living in the last day. In these last days, Christ, having died, was buried, rose again, ascended into heaven, God speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. When he came the first time, he came and he fulfilled the whole law. Only he could do that because only he is perfect and without sin. And anyone who receives him by faith receives God's righteousness. You receive Jesus, you receive his righteousness. And we are declared righteous. We are right with God. In other words, we are justified, just as if we had never sinned. Amen. Praise the Lord. In verses 1 through 4, the author, and we don't know who he is, points out that Jesus was not just human, which he became, but he's also the creator. He is the creator. He makes it clear, does the writer, that Jesus is not like any other human being. He's also fully divine. 
He provides evidence from the Old Testament to prove that Jesus is far above and beyond any created being. Jesus is not a created being. Jesus is God and he's always existed. Everything else is a created being, including the angels. Jesus has always existed long before he became a human being. When he was born in Bethlehem, delivered by the Virgin Mary. Amen? There was never a time when Jesus hasn't existed. There's never a time when Jesus hasn't been with the Father, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is God's Son. Amen? He is God the Son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God. Co-equal in every way. The writer supports the superiority of Jesus Christ. Above all the created beings over the Old Testament laws, which are all good, because God gave those laws to the people of Israel. Jesus is so far superior to those. He's far superior than the blood sacrifices and the blood rituals that the Jews had to carry out yearly uh, that could only cover the sins of the nation. They could never take away the sins. It had to be done, the sacrificial system, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, not Kippers, Yom Kippur, had to be done every year, but could never take away sins, just cover the sins of the nation. But Jesus only had to do it once, not just to cover the sins, but to completely take them away. Our sins are completely taken away. Our sins are completely washed away. So don't dwell on your sins, okay? If you sin, then confess it, and God forgets it. You know, I think it's Corey Ten Boone says, you know, the Bible says that God buries our sins in the deepest ocean. The only problem is we go fishing for them. It's over, it's done with. We all make mistakes. You're human. So am I, believe it or not. None of us are divine. Jesus was. Jesus is. Always has been. Always will be. Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. Shedding his sinless blood. He only had to do it once. He made it possible for us, sinners, to be reconciled, to be brought back into a right relationship with a holy God. That sin separated us, but he brought us back into that right relationship once again. Only Jesus was able to do it. Only Jesus could do it. Only Jesus did do it because he's unlike any other being that has ever existed, whether angelic or human. The writer encouraged the Hebrew Christians to continue to keep the faith, keep on trusting in Jesus regardless of the circumstances. Because no one else 
made it possible what he did for them to be placed in a right relationship with God the Father. So the writer emphasizes the fact, regardless of the trials and the struggles that they were going through, and they were many, we talked about that last week in our introduction, what they were experiencing. They have everything, having received Jesus Christ. They had everything they need in this life and in the life to come. All you need is Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything worth having. So my question to you, do you have Jesus? There's a commercial that used to say, got milk. You got Jesus? You got to have Jesus. You got to have Jesus. He's the best thing. He's the best. Now, in verses 5 through 13, the writer provides proof from the Old Testament regarding the Son of God. He intends to educate his readers about Jesus by quoting their own Old Testament prophets. You can't argue with them. Who were they? Like Moses, Samuel, and of course David. A number of Psalms written by David, he quotes. Here's one, Psalm 2-7. He says, I will proclaim the Lord's decree... He said to me, you are my son, capital S-O-N. Today I have become your father. Also 2 Samuel 7, 14 says, I will be his father, him being Jesus, and he, Jesus, will be my son. These scriptures highlight the fact that the promised Messiah is God's son, Jesus Christ, not an angel. You know, and there's at least 26 references to Jesus being the son of God, in the word of God. Before Jesus was crucified, we're told that he was interrogated quite a number of times. And one of the persons that interrogated him was Israel's high priest, the head honcho, the big kahuna. But what did Jesus do when he was interrogated by the high priest? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. So again, the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high and coming on the clouds of heaven. You read that Mark chapter 14. 61, 62. He asked him the question. He knew he wouldn't believe it, so he never, he never answered him the first time, so he asked him again. Are you the Messiah, the blessed one? And he says, I am. 
got your answer. I am. It's only one Messiah. Verses 6 and 7, or I'm going to start with 7 first. It confirms that the angels are categorized and also the last verse as well. We'll get to that shortly. They're servant beings. They're servant beings. They are ministers. These are the holy angels we're talking about. Okay, We're not talking about the demons, the um, evil spirits that followed Satan. These are the holy angels. Verse 7, and of the angels... He says, that would be God the Father, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. They're ministers sent from God. All the angels we've established, I hope by now, are created beings. They're inferior to God the Son, who was born into this world we know as a human being, yet always remain God. Verse 6, But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he was born of the Virgin Mary, yes? He said, Let all the angels of God worship him. The angels are not meant to worship, not meant to be worshipped, only God the Son. Jesus is not a worshipper but the one who is worshipped by the angels because he is the Son of God who alone deserves to be worshipped, not angels. And a lot of them were worshipping angels. A lot of them believed the angels that one day would rule the world. Erroneous. It's wrong. The angels cannot be compared to the ultimate authority and nature of the unchanging eternal son of God Jesus Christ there's no comparison whatsoever to angels to which of the angels did God say at any time sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet you remember we studied through the book of Revelation and an angel came to the apostle John and John started to bow down and worship the angel and the angel says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not worthy to be worshipped. Only God is worthy to be worshipped. See, he's just another servant, just like John. I'm just like you, but I'm an angel, not human being. Important thing to remember that the Lord, he's the one that sends angels to minister to his people. You know, some people say we have a guardian angel. I don't see it anywhere in scripture. We possibly could. But there's many examples in the Bible where the angels are sent by God not only to encourage, to protect, and serve believers. It tells us that. And uh, I had an experience. I came into some money after my first motorcycle accident from the insurance company. 
and I thought, I don't like working for somebody else. So what could I do? So I got one of these uh, vans, little catering vans where you, you can have, cook hamburgers and, and hot dogs and uh, you, know, you could give people soup and coffee and all the rest of it. So I got a little spot down in uh, Leicester, in the city of Leicester and it was not a very nice neighborhood and sometimes, you know, they'll try to they come out of the pubs uh, worse for wear, having too much to drink, and they start rocking their van. And someone, I saw someone trying to let the air out of my tires. And I just drove off, you know, and I got the, the gas burners were flaming up while I was trying to drive away and get away from these crazy people. And sometimes I'd be there, you know, till three o'clock in the morning. I never made any money at all. I, I just about broke even, if that. And, uh, but I gave a lot of tracks away. The Lord used it in order to sow the good seed. And um, I was down there by myself, and there was no one around. And suddenly this fella came up to get served, and he looked like uh, a tramp, you know, a hobo. But he was clean. And he was wearing these hobos, you know, tatty old clothes and worn out, but they were clean and not, he wasn't smelly or anything like that, like you would expect him to do living rough. He wasn't like that at all. And uh, I had these what, cup of soup things, had some soup at the bottom and you put hot water in it, you make soup. He didn't have any money, so I gave him a cup of soup. I turned around to do something, I looked back, he was gone, he was gone. And I think I, I'm convinced to this day that that fella, not a fella, because I don't think he was human, he came in the form of a human being, which they can. It tells us that in Hebrews chapter 13. You're entertaining angels unawares. And he was gone. I think God sent that angel to encourage me because I was all out there by myself. But I don't know, but I'm convinced that he was. And they're servants. They're servant beings. They're sent to encourage, protect, and serve believers. They're, serv they're servants. They're ministers. That's what they do. It's given me extra time to preach, which I appreciate that. Whether you will or not, I don't know. But I'd like to give an example. You know, once you serve others, you're serving God. Did you know that? You serve God when you serve others. And I heard a, I read a good story the other day, and I think it'd be a good illustration for you. I'll read it. Shortly after World War II, the saddest sight for American soldiers who were picking up the pieces in ravaged Europe was that of little orphaned children starving in the streets of those war-torn cities. One soldier driving along in his jeep spotted a little lad with his nose pressed to the window of a pastry shop. Inside the cook was kneading dough for a fresh batch of doughnuts. The hungry boy stared in silence, watching every move. The soldier pulled his jeep to the curb and got out 
to slip over to the boy's side. Through the steamed up window, he could see the mouth-watering morsels as they were being pulled from the oven, piping hot. The boy salvinated and released a slight groan. The soldier's heart went out to the orphan. Hey, son, would you like some of those? Oh, would I? He said, but only if I could. And he said, hang on. The American stepped into the shop, brought a dozen donuts, put them in the bag, walked back to where the lad was standing in the foggy cold of the London morning. He smiled, held out the bag, and said simply, here you are. As he turned to walk away, he felt a tug on his coat. The soldier looked back and heard the child ask quietly, Mr. Are you God? Powerful. Powerful. When you serve others, you represent God. You don't know what impact you'll have on people's lives. So let's summarize chapter one. The author knows he's writing to Jewish Christians, a Jewish congregation. Therefore, he uses the Old Testament verses to confirm the truth regarding who Jesus is, the son of the living God. In the past, God spoken to mankind in various ways, but now he speaks to us through his son. God who became a human and co-equal in all aspects of the divine nature. Jesus is far superior above and beyond all things and now seated at the right hand of the father the writer's collection of old testament quotations support the fact that jesus christ is not merely some created being like the angels he's always existed He's not created. He is the exact replica, the exact nature of God above all principalities and powers. The Hebrew Christians needed to understand this, who Jesus Christ really is. That he's not just a man who died on a cross and rose again, which he did. Thank God, amen? But he is, always has been, and always will be the Son of God. Now let me close by quoting Jesus' own words that come with a warning to those of you who are listening or watching that have never received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. This is what Jesus said, and Jesus always told the truth. The only one who's ever been born that told the truth, because he is the truth. And he said, quote, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Do you believe in the Son? Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. I hope you believe so that you can pass from death to life and no longer be condemned, but be saved. And there's only one way, and that's by receiving the Son, who loved you enough to pay the price for your sins and bled and died on that cross at Calvary. Amen? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. So, Father, again, we're so thankful and we're so amazed and uh, should be um, having studied this chapter in detail, knowing that you're not just a man who died on a cross, but you are the son of the living God who has always existed far above all principalities, created beings. You are the creator, co-equal with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And you humbled yourself even to the point of death on the cross. And you even forgave the ones that nailed you to it, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then the Roman soldier, after you died, said, surely this is the Son of God. And we believe that and we thank you for revealing your Son to us through your word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we're so thankful that we are saved. And I hope and pray those that are listening, watching, all you need to do is believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God, that he died for your sins, and that he was buried, and that he rose again from the dead. If you believe that, that he did it for you, and you confess it with your mouth, you shall be saved, and you'll no longer be condemned to be separated from a loving God but be reconciled, be brought back into a right relationship with him once again. Whereas before your sin separated you because God is holy, holy, holy. Jesus made it possible for you to be reconciled, to be brought back into a right relationship with him again. If you believe by faith. Amen. Well, thank you very much and God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts.
If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.